0: Hello and welcome to El Trafico Radio. This is Alex Ruiz and in today's episode we will be talking about Javier Chicharito Hernandez and the LA Galaxy parting ways after four years together. Mike and I discuss and look back on four years ago when he first signed. What were our initial thoughts and how did he pan out in his four years with the LA Galaxy? We also have a pretty good discussion about his legacy with the club. I mean, he didn't win silverware, but he was definitely an important part of the last four years. Join us and buckle up to listen to this side of the blue, white, and gold highway. You are listening to El Trafico Radio. All right, everybody. Welcome to El Trafico Radio. We're finally back for episode number two. Thanks a lot for listening to episode number one. Yeah, so I thought it was pretty fun, Mike, to, to come back uh, again. But I want to ask you now. What's something that's piqued your interest or something you're doing, something that's, you know, you've enjoyed since our last recording?
1: Oh, man, my whole life's a mystery right now. But I I tell you what, I've been watching the MLS Cup playoffs. There's been a lot of talk about the playoff format. And it's interesting because everyone's been complaining about the format, but the games themselves have been actually a lot of fun. Uh, Did you see that SKC uh, St. Louis game yesterday, game two?
0: Yeah, I, I was out eating a barbecue yesterday, but I did catch the final like what twelve <laughs> minutes of of extra, uh, stoppage time, which I don't know what happened, but I'm like, geez, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean the the playoffs have been pretty good so far. I mean right now uh, RSL and Houston are playing as we're recording, but um, yeah, we've we've enjoyed it so far. All the second round games I think have been really good so far. Um, you know, I think it was it, uh, yesterday with the LAFC Vancouver game. You know, our Vanny Sartini's out there saying, You know, don't be surprised you find the referee face-, face down in the middle of a lake. So, you know, that's that's the intensity right here in America, right? So, anyway, uh, this episode, oh, wait,
1: wait, let's 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 take a second because you know, we we, we like to talk on this pod, and you know, I, I'll ask you in a sec what you thought of it, but you know, my hot take, Alex, is. We complain all the time that athletes are boring, that they just give the same quotes every single time and they don't show any other personality. And so you have Vanny Sartini, and uh, he's obviously, obviously upset about the game for people who are listening. Uh, the ref, Tim Ford, he, basic, he basically just uh, like shielded a Vancouver player. LAFC goes down the other end, lightning fast counterattack, they score. It turns out that Barr uh, calls the goal back because the player was off sides. But in the meantime, Fanny Sartini absolutely lost it. He went on the field, and that's how he got kicked out of the game. My hot take, I know, like Alex said, uh, the quote, it was violent and obviously a little – it was wrong, but you uh, have to take it – you have to take it into context. Like Vanni Sartini, as Steve Trundle even said himself in the post game, he's an emotional guy. He can be even cartoonish at times. Yes, he said something that was not great, but. 5 minutes ago the guy is literally on his knees bowing down to Stephen Turundello. Does anyone honestly believe that Stephen Turundello is the king of LA or the mayor of LA? No, he's not mayor. He's not Karen Bass. Uh it's just and it was just Danny just being himself and yes, any fine or any sort of punishment or suspension you know um i think it's fair but you also have to take into consideration that the vancouver whitecaps just got knocked out of the playoffs and this guy was very upset and he said some of things but you know that's what we want from athletes we want them to be honest and you know coaches but we want them to express themselves and sometimes i think we get a little too carried away with uh just being you know uh online scolds and being you know morally superior and saying hey that's wrong i mean of course it was wrong but you know uh there's a lot of playoff moments across all the sports where in a moment, you know, you think of it as like, all right, I went too far. And then you look back on it with fondness. So I'm trying to look at it in a positive way, Alex, but, uh, enough segues, enough, uh, distractions. Let's, let's talk about, uh, Chitrito, our, uh, our much beloved uh, Ford, who unfortunately uh, will not be playing with the Galaxy next year.
0: Yeah, no more. Earlier this week, uh, he announced on his Instagram saying that he will not be back for the 2024 MLS season. This was the final year of his contract. Uh, no options because he triggered an option last year for this season. So again, uh, at 34, um, you know, Chicharito is, you know, definitely on the tail end of his career. Um, he's, I think he's been the longest tenured player. And and the LA Galaxy, looking at the roster this year. So he's he's been and seen a lot of things. Um, you know, he was the club record signing for a reported ten million dollars from Sevilla uh during 2020. Uh, he was signed under Guillermo Bar Scaloto's administration. Um, you know, in 82 career games played, 71 of those being starts. He scored 39 goals and registered six assists, and he is currently seventh in club history. Uh, for all-time goals in regular season MLS play. But in all competitions and everything, he he's 10th overall. So he's a top-10 goal scorer. And now he got like his history no, no matter what. Um, and, and let's remember as well, um, you know, it was like a weird time when he, he was brought in. That was just before COVID. So, you mm-hmm. know, he's 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 got through a lot. And we'll talk about that right now as well. Um, Obviously, this season didn't go as planned. You know, he dealt with a hamstring injury during Coachella. Uh, I was there when it happened. You know, he played like two, three minutes and then got subbed out immediately. Uh, that made him... I was right next game. to you. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Coachella feels like so long ago now, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, he was hurt for that game. He got injured. He didn't start the first five games of the year. Uh, came back. Um, didn't really look the same. Uh, we'll talk about it in a bit. Uh, only registered uh, one goal in, in ten MLS games, and it was in the U.S. Open Cup quarterfinal match against Real Salt Lake on June seventh, where he sustained a torn ACL on his right knee, and that was it for Chicharito. Put on season ending injury list, Mike. First question, man, this is just going to be, you know, us reflecting on Chicharito, you know, big-name player, uh, a a guy who's, you know, one of the best strikers in CONCACAF's history. What do you remember when you hear the LA Galaxy is going to sign Chicharito back in around 2020? What were your kind of first thoughts? What were your expectations? You know, let's go back and and think about those times real quickly. Let me me know, Mike.
1: Well, for me, uh, Chicharito, he was a Galactico signing. Uh, He was someone who was brought in to produce on and off the field and uh you know to go further he's a chris klein signing uh it was mixed uh because alex i mean i I tell you what you know the first thing i heard when i heard he was coming to the galaxy is wow this is awesome we finally have a player who's representative of the community of los angeles he's a beloved he's a cult figure in the mexican american community uh you know he's He's played for some of the biggest clubs in the world. He ticked all the boxes. And uh, I was excited, but there was also a lot of pessimism because, again, uh, this was a Chris Klein signing. Uh, The league had started to evolve. You know, LAFC were doing so well. And the perception was, hey... Are you just signing like, you know, uh, a name so that you can sell tickets? Is this the best possible option that you have to make the team better? And so you had this divided reaction and it's tough because, you know, representation, representation is really important. Alex, like it was really, it was really cool. Like, I mean, you remember that, that, that intro video with the, uh, uh, with Chicharito, he was actually still in Sevilla at the time, but, um,
0: who was it that narrated it? I forgot. You, you always have Man, all this. It's, it's been a while. I haven't seen that video, but I know the one you're talking about. You know, I think it's the one where he's kind of like sitting in like a neighborhood or something. I think that's what was Yeah, the theme of it. and
1: you know, um, they're doing these shots of just like the community in LA. And, you know, and um, again, I was excited because I thought that we were going to get a player that was represented of the community. The question Really, and we're we're going to talk about this a lot later. Was this was this the best possible signing? And in 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 a degree, yes, it was. Um, I think the problem was the Galaxy tried to replace do do a direct replacement for Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and especially that first season with uh Guillermo Boscaloto, it was just let's put a million crosses into the box, and it wasn't very coherent. And uh, I believe Kikurito. After the fact, he actually apologized to Skolodo and told him, you know, I'm sorry, I couldn't get the job done for you, which I thought was very big of him. But I, I do believe at the end of the day, it was the tactics that brought the team down and maybe the personnel as well. And so, uh, yeah, while I was very excited, uh, this was a Chris Klein signing at the end of the day. The, and there were already people pessimistic about can this guy lead the galaxy? And as it turns out, uh, the signing didn't bring any silverware did it
0: yeah i mean i agree with you mike i mean there's definitely like a marketing signing um, obviously Chicharito is a household name. I mean, I'm from a Mexican family and, you know, my dad very plugged in on what's going on with Mexican soccer. So, you know, he's the one actually that told me first before I found out. So that hey, was my neighbor, my neighbor like went nuts
1: when Chicharito was on. So we're, we're on the same page.
0: Yeah, man. exactly. So he's a huge draw. And obviously, you know, my dad, since Chicharito has been with the Galaxy, you know, he's become a LA Galaxy fan. He's been a follower of MLS right now. I mean, you know, he's, he's done that on his own. Um, and it's definitely helped him, you know, being and in more involved with the league. But obviously, at the time, it was it was definitely interesting because Chicharito was coming off a year where he's you know on the bench. Um, he hadn't been a starter for a couple of years. I think the last time he was a starter was maybe 2018 with the West Ham. So it's been a year without him being a starter. Obviously, there was some injury concerns. Um, he developed later on with the Galaxy as well. But even at the time, he he did have some you know knocks here and there that kept him out of games. Um, and yeah, I think the context of Chicharito was meant to replace Latani Ibrahimovic. Uh, that that was the intention of this signing. Uh, another big name, a, a huge name in this region, a guy with European pedigree, and a guy who played for Manchester United, Real Madrid, um, other clubs as well, Bayer. He was with Sevilla, who were, you know, still a big club. Um, so this was supposed to be the guy to, to replace Zlatan. And obviously, you know, we all know what Zlatan did. He was amazing, scored goals, was productive. Sure, it didn't lead to the LA Galaxy to silverware, Civil War, but it feels like that was a foreshadowing as well to Chicharito's time here because, I mean, Sure, there was moments where, you know, Javier wasn't amazing, where, you know, that first season, obviously, we all know, wasn't great. But, I mean, he produced when he was on it, when he was, you know, there for the last, you know, three, two years, right? So, at the time, I thought, okay, this is going to be a guy who's probably going to, you know, elevate the rest of the team. He's a different profile than, than Zlatan, right? Obviously, the big, huge striker. And and you just mentioned him, like, too, right? Like, GBS at the time. Lots of crosses in the box not too much creativity in, in the final third. And I remember going to that first game, the Chicharito at home against Vancouver, right? And I'm just sitting there with my dad. We're just talking and we're like, why are they playing like this? I mean, you can't just cross the ball into like, it's a guy who's you know not very tall and doesn't win very many headers. You got to, you know, create chaos in the box. Got to, you know, be able to play through it. And obviously the Galaxy, you know, we saw that year, that, that 2020 season, that obviously they weren't at their best. And, you know, GBS, I mentioned, did get the can, but... Yeah, it was it was an interesting time, to be honest, because you already had the expectation of Zlatan. Now you kind of didn't really know what Chicharito was going to bring, considering he's a much different profile of a player.
1: Yeah, it was rough because, I mean, Zlatan's a big, giant bear of a man, but like the most skilled bear you've ever seen on the planet with a soccer ball. And then there was no game plan. It's almost as if they said, "Okay, Chicharito, be Cucho Hernandez, you know, just create something out of nothing in the box. And you saw over and over again, you know, uh, he was trying his best, but even at that age, he was already kind of past the age where like he, he could rely on pure athleticism. He needs service and the service was crap. And I can understand why the team was terrible and, uh, deservedly they didn't make the playoffs that year. Uh, you know, we're talking about his legacy, man. Uh, when he was able to produce, he brought it. I mean, the way to look at Ticharito's season is that he had, you know, he, there was the COVID year where he had, what, like nine appearances,
0: ten total? Yeah, he was injury riddled. I mean, that was the year two where, you know, um, you know, he was dealing with the divorce, I think. Um, his grandpa, who was a huge, you know, player back in the day in Mexico, passed away. And, you know, Javier, I think we remember this, uh, you know, that second season of the Galaxy, right? Where he's, you know, talking about it and, you know, getting emotional about it. Um, you can definitely tell that that meant something and it was, you know, something that was on his mind and clouding his judgment uh, during the first year. And, and obviously, when you hear that interview, I mean, you know, can understand and you can root for Chicharito. And I think that was super important because that first year, you know, right after it, we're hearing rumors of, oh, they might sell him to Chivas, might be one and done, right? Like, I remember that. But, you know, the, the Galaxy and, and credit to Greg Vanney for sticking with him and, you know, making him a, you know, productive piece with the team. Um, they kept him. And you can kind of tell in that interview, um, you know, the, the emotions were running and, you know, he definitely changed a lot in himself that eventually led to positive change in the score sheet. Yeah, he produced. I mean, uh, if you look at
1: his first and last seasons with the club, they're virtually identical. One goal in nine appearances, one goal in ten appearances. You can kind of write those off. You look at 2021, 18 goals and two assists. 2022, 17 goals and three assists. I mean, what more do you want? Uh, he definitely produced, and he produced for, you know, an attack that wasn't exactly the most efficient in the league either. And so, you know, I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> Might as well because, you know, uh, this is going to be an act three kind of uh, observation, but yeah, I, 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 I think that Chicharito did what was asked. I think that it's his front office and his club that let him down a little bit by not surrounding him with the right pieces so that he could succeed and produce as much as he possibly could. Instead we got, you know, he could have done much better than 18 goals and 17 goals the following year, but we'll never know. will we?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, also to his injury uh, issues as well, you know, I remember that, what, 2021 season where, you know, he had like, uh, let me look at it here. He had seven goals in the first five games of the year where he had that hat trick uh, against the Red Bulls on the second game of the season. He scored two goals against Miami to start off the campaign. um, And he was scoring goals for fun. But, you know, he missed the third of the year at a really crucial time. And, you know, that was the where the LA Galaxy were in the playoff picture the entire season all the way until the last minute decision day. So, you know, I wouldn't say it's his fault, but you could tell that, you know he meant that much to the team. Where without him, they they were you know a, a an average bang average team. So I mean you know it's it's something that that definitely you have to take into account. Knowing that he was a guy that elevated his play with the team and himself, he definitely did his best to make everybody around him better. Obviously this last year, um you know you could kind of see a visible regression, which we'll talk about in a bit. But um yeah he was he's a guy that uh they they really counted on for those two years at the start of Greg Vanney's tenure. Well, I mean, now that we're kind of talking about to this time here, I mean, do you have a favorite memorable moment, Mike, of, you know, Chicharito in an Ali shirt?
1: I have many memorable moments. I give you one
0: down, Alex.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the clown dance versus San Jose, where, you know, that was pretty good. I mean, if you look back on it, it's actually really athletic because he's like, he's actually jumping on one foot and he's actually being like, it was hilarious. Yeah, like adrenaline dust to you. Well, dude, there's that. There's uh all of his different celebrations. I mean, there's the Le- the, Le- the LeBron celebration. There was the Griezmann celebration. All great. Um, maybe this isn't a Chicharito moment, but I remember one time we were talking to Sasha Kleschen, uh, I believe it was 2021, and he's he started making fun of Chicharito by like you know mocking his accent a little bit. <laughs> like he was not his accent, but he was he was talking in a Chicharito kind of style voice, and it just. It cracked me up because Alex, like if a player, a player who's a jerk was an ego, you, you wouldn't be allowed to do that. But the fact that he did that, that told me that like, you know, in the locker room, he, you know, he's, he's just one of the guys and you can have fun with him, and he doesn't take things too seriously. Uh, finally, my last thing, cause I had a whole list, but um, he's a big advocate for mental health. And I really appreciate that. Uh, he, he, he had those uh twice. He he spoke with uh, experts in the field, and you know, I I listened to him the the whole hour, and he he Trito talks a lot. <laughs> it's true, but like, um, you listen to him talk for an hour and you, and interact with the with the different guests, and that's where you really go. Okay, there's a lot of depth to this guy. He, a lot of the things that he spoke about were things you know i've been to therapy just to you know, full disclosure and some of the things that he said really connected with me uh, just to bring one thing up you know he was talking about clothes and how uh you know it's important to you know be yourself and how dressings sort of sort of an extension of your identity and you know the guy's talking he's wearing like pink like short shorts and like uh like maroon like jacket and like a backwards hat and i'm like you know if you can rock that outfit man like you know you're 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 on a you're on the right path and he's yeah again he said a lot of things that had a lot of depth in them and uh i was speaking with a galaxy fan just before we went on alex and i was i was saying uh he's in a lot of ways he's like a life coach you know and uh I really gained a lot of respect for him and he's just got this aura and his presence and I'm gonna miss him, man. He, he you know, he, he brought a lot of light to the to to our press conferences.
0: Yeah, he was definitely wants. a guy who, you know, said a lot of things. Um I'm not <laughs> complaining. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was a really Maybe important that. aspect of what Chicharito brought to um, this club. I mean, you're playing for the you know most historic team in the biggest market, sports market in the world. And, you know, he doesn't have to be vulnerable. I mean, you don't see a lot of players, you know, big name players open up like that. But I think Chicharito doing that not only served as an inspiration for fans and, and followers of the Galaxy, but I think even for his teammates as well. I mean, they they went through a lot of stuff, you know, with him. Obviously, like we mentioned, 2021, where they kind of, derailed a bit at the end of the year and he was able to come back and, and lift those spirits 2022 where you know they get gaston brugman and ricky Pouge and you know that team is, is flying and working onto all cylinders and then this year as well you know, with the boycotts and, and, and the injuries and everything like that, you know, I feel like he he's a good guy in the locker room, a good guy to lift up spirits. And I think a lot of people are, are going to miss out within the club. I mean, we've seen leaders like Victor Vasquez, Sasha kleshen like you mentioned, and, and Chicharito now, gone from the club who definitely had their grasps on the locker rooms in, you know, the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see who kind of takes up that mantle. Um, but nonetheless, I think looking for me, one of my favorite Chicharito moments was last year's, um you know 2022's home opener uh, against New York City FC i mean sure it's not maybe his his greatest or like a huge chicharito moment but for me i think that was you know a moment where you can kind of look back at it it's the home opener um they're going up against the reigning mls cup champions and you know it's it's late in the game and and he he scores the game winning goal yeah, I have this beautiful photo. Like, I think you might
1: remember it, but there was this photo that's iconic where he's just celebrating and the background is just perfect. I remember that day, too. Yeah, this
0: will my post for this podcast will be that photo. So you guys can see. Just check on my uh, Twitter. But, yeah, I mean, that, that was a great moment because it just felt like, you know, everyone kind of forgot a bit about 2020 Chicharito. And, you know, everybody had their faith in this guy, their confidence in this guy. And, you know, sure, that season he didn't really score that many goals at the start, but, you know, he he rewarded it um, at the end when, you know, he scored uh, a ton of goals. I think he had like eight goals in the team's last 10 games. I mean, he definitely helped that team make the playoffs. Sure, he didn't score in, in the playoffs. And, you know, that's a different discussion we can have. Um, but, you know, uh, he he was a big part of this team. And, you know, I think that whoever becomes the next striker, um, they're gonna have some kind of expectations now because you know Zlatan was great, uh, Chicharito was really good, and he he always scored um, whenever those chances arose. So this next striker, whether it's you know Daniyevich, they get somebody out in the market. Um, they they're gonna have some expectations on them, and you know being that it's Yellow yeah, like Galaxy, um, and Chicharito's already a top ten goal scorer in the club's history, you know they're gonna have their their work cut out for him. So I, I think Chicharito definitely. Um, you know, we'll talk about this right now. I mean, his his legacy with the club. I mean, it, it's so so interesting because he didn't really win anything with the team. Uh, yeah, he was a two-time MLS All-Star and, and won the Golden Boot in back-to-back years for the club. But uh, aside from that, I mean, he's, he's a good player, but you don't really, I mean, I don't think anybody's putting him on their LA Galaxy Mount Rushmore. And I don't think he even craps maybe the t- cracks the top, what, six LA Galaxy players of all time. So, I mean, Mike, you can take it away from me. I mean, what's Chicharito's legacy to you? Where do you think he stands among all of the players and among LA Galaxy history? What does Chicharito's legacy, now that he's gone after these four years, what is it?
1: It's so mixed. It's so nuanced, isn't it? But, you know, um, I think about how Carlos Vela came into the league, and I I, kind of think of him as the Mexican Beckham, where he showed up. A uh, huge name on and off the field, but he had the success the MLS Cups, the entertaining brand of football, LAFC getting all the products, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but he was the first really Mexican international to pull it off. And there's been a long list of folks who've tried and failed. He, you know, he reminds me a little bit of like when Terry Henry came into the league, where he, was, he wasn't the first guy, but he was the second guy. And that's important because, you know, um, I mean, we live in we live in LA. Like you know, Mexico is basically the US, at least from from our perspective. And you know, Herrera uh, Hector Herrera came into the league this, last year, and uh, after a rough start, he's enjoyed success this year. And you know, um, the more and more Mexican internationals come into the league, the better it's going to be. It's so damn interesting, Alex. I mean, I can go in a million different directions. Uh, I mean, for me, I was. When you first talked to me and said, hey, let's talk about Chicharito," you know, I was thinking about Chicharito, but not only him, but just Mexican internationals and the history in MLS. Do we do we expect too much from Mexican internationals when they come into the league? Is Maybe it's a, it's a historical or a cultural thing where, you know, in the U.S., traditionally, Mexico has always had these amazing players, these creative players. These attacking players. And so, do we maybe when they come to MLS, do we expect too much from them? Maybe, maybe not. Because, I mean, when you look at uh, Chicharito, I think that he's, I'd argue, he's the most successful Mexican international. Uh, let's play for the galaxy, and you can go old school, and you can talk about Hernandez and uh, Hermosillo, and so on and so forth. But I mean, I think he performed better than Jonah Jonas Dos Santos, who performed well, but he was constantly injured, kind of like Ticha. But I mean, <laughs> and then uh, there was Gio Dos Santos, who his brother, who had a f- good few first seasons, but then he faded, and again, the galaxy didn't win anything. And so, I do think that. These players come, and we have these really high expectations for them. But despite that, and despite the fact that the galaxy didn't necessarily surround them with the best talent, I think Terito did he did a more than sufficient job. I think that we're going to look back on Tuturrito as a player who performed the galaxy, performed for the galaxy, But the issue was that the club this wasn't very good, and they didn't surround them with the right talent. and Really, when you know, you're know you saying 10 years from now, what are we going to think? I think we're just going to look back on that as the Chris Klein era. Even though Tutorito was amazing, we've had other players like Ashley Cole, amazing for
0: the Galaxy. A leader on... By another guy who kind of fits in yeah, that category, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, club legend beloved by the fans, but a good player on a bad team. And we're probably going to think of Tutorito as a good player who was just on a bad Galaxy team.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because obviously, I mean, like I said earlier, props to Greg Vanny for, you know, sticking with Chicharito, giving him that confidence, making him a top goal scorer in this league. And, you know, it would have been really easy to be like, OK, let's let's sell you to Chivas. Let's sell you somewhere else. Let's get some money back. Because obviously they, they lost him for for nothing, you know, right. <laughs> he's he's their largest signing club history. Um, but, you know, obviously he's he's going to be a free agent now. Um, they had that chance to get some money back. They didn't take it. Greg Vanny made it work he built a system that really helped chicharito i mean he was it's a system that's to his strengths i mean chicharito for a lot of his time here was really good on the ball um and obviously he's a fox in the box so you just need to get one chance in for him and obviously we saw those two years where you know he had 17 18 goals and and, and that was really great now um but i think when you look at chicharito on the field he's going to be one of those guys where you you're like he's he's a bridge between this and and the new new team the new striker um obviously he was really good um I think, you know, he's going to leave a legacy where people are going to be like, oh, yeah, did he was good. Like you said, Mike, good player, but not not a great team. Um, but for me, I think his biggest legacy is what he did uh, off the pitch, you know? Um, he was a guy that was very much everything LA Galaxy. He was a guy that uh, always spoke in high regard at the club. Um, you know, I, I was, while we were, you know, talking about this episode um, earlier in the day, I was thinking about, you might remember this, um, during the first El Trafico this year, where, you know, uh, Galaxy lose their first game to LAFC at Dignity Hill Sports Park. Um, my question was to Chicharito was that, you know, for a lot of that game, they they kept up with LAFC. And, and the Galaxy obviously didn't have a great start. LAFC did have a good start to the season. And they kept up with them. They were really good. And, you know, obviously at, at that time, and, and I think still LAFC are still the better team than the LA Galaxy. And at that time, I was like, wow, this is a really good performance, I would say. You know, sure they lost, but the performance was good. I asked him about, you know, what he think what he thought about this team um, playing good to LAFC. And he wasn't happy with my question because he didn't like the idea of being compared to LAFC. He wanted the Galaxy to be its own entity. And, you know, uh, I just remember his response where, you know, he was kind of going a little bit back and forth with me. Hey, Javier. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier LAFC, one of the best teams in the league. You know, this club has kind of struggled to get results. Getting- I said if oh. you consider them like one of the best teams of the league. I didn't say they were the best there, ones. The Just best to clear the context, okay, because you see, that's why sometimes I didn't say that. Sorry? In the table, they're one of the best teams in the league. In your opinion, yeah? It's the way that it ends, man. It's 34 uh, games. We have the same narrative in my last two years, and then in the end, we qualified and playoffs. we were the fourth seed, and then they were even more scared that they were going to fight against us if we, in the past, beat Nashville, right? They prefer Nashville that, that than us. so man they, they are doing a very good job they're doing a great things but for us yeah it's a, a result job over here and we depend on that and unfortunately we haven't delivered but the bright side is it's just a big... yeah, um, it was definitely something that really caught my attention because he he wore this club on his sleeve he represented it he he loved it you could tell that he enjoyed his time here in la so i think he's going to be one of those guys like you said mike a, you know good player wrong time, but he really did everything he could for the club, for the crest, and you can't say he was a fighter given the situations that happened this first year, the injuries, and, you know, then trying to come back this year, but obviously, you know, unfortunately, just didn't work out, so I think when we look at Chicharito, we should be like, okay, this is a great guy to have um, for some time, but, you know, if we just would have been in a much better situation, I think he could have led this team to championship glory, and I think it's going to be a big what-if When we talk about Chicharito 10 years from now, if the LA Galaxy, you know, post him being gone, can be a successful team. So it'll be interesting to see because his legacy, I think, will be defined in the next coming years, given how this team performs in these next few years without him. So I think it'll be interesting, uh, to say the least.
1: Yeah, um, this offseason is going to be very interesting because... You have Douglas Costa, who, in theory, uh, you should be glad he's gone, but he's also a dude who produced uh, seven, th- seven assists and three goals in 11-something minutes. So when he was on the field uh, briefly this season, he was super productive. Trudeau, um it's unfortunate the club being a mistake with that extension because he clearly wasn't up for it this last year. If we're going to peep all this praise on him, let's just be honest about that. And, um, yeah, you're too late, uh, in my opinion. So this offseason is going to be extremely critical. Um, we spent so much time arguing about the little details, but really, uh, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again, 80% uh, of whether the Galaxy succeeds next year is going to be riding on those two DPs.
0: Do yeah, I, right? I think this is a huge time for, for the other Galaxy. Like you said, Douglas Costa gone, uh, Chicharito gone. Um, I think today, right? There, the rumors that Le- Robert Lewandowski, Barcelona striker, he was interested in coming on MLS, and obviously, a big name like that, you always link to the Galaxy. So we'll see what happens at the department. Um, they're definitely going to upgrade at the at the striker position, I think. So, I mean, it's it's it was a good ride with Chicharito. I think I think it was. I think we, as reporters, Mike, we had a good time covering him. I mean, he was never a boring guy. Oh, uh, dude, I had we, so we, much fun. Yeah, we like, we um... could make this like an hour just talking about those pressures we had with him, and and I personally <laughs> like for me, you know, that's kind of my. I guess one of my favorite moments as a reporter, you know, I haven't been here as long as you have, but I mean, Chicharito, I, I grew up watching him. My family idolized him. Um, so getting to ask him a question was, was a pretty good big moment for me in, in my life. Um, you know, obviously I, I had to be professional about it. I'm not going to, you know, be like a fanboy or anything, but for me personally, that was like a you know, big moment for me because he, he's such an icon in Mexico and in this region. Um, one of the best Mexican players of all time, for sure. They're all time leading goal scorer. So I mean, yeah, I mean it, it, he has a great legacy for the national team, but here with the Galaxy, it's just it just feels so mixed because of the lack of success, despite him being individually successful. So I mean, it, it's so confusing. Well, but like I said, in a couple of years down the line, we'll we'll assess it even more. But I mean, it was he, a he was, was an a imperfect
1: good person, but like that's that's what we loved about him, you know. Um, there's a lot of people who are full of crap, and you know, Tuchirito, uh, you know, he just he he was always just this very honest person and believe believe me guys when you're used to this boring just same old quotes like you know i, I just went around it earlier we want to hear from these athletes we want to know how they're doing and he was a good person and for again i'm gonna miss him dude uh <laughs> is that i don't know if that's professional or not but i mean you know i mean like we're not robots we we do this because we're passionate about it but you know um it's nice to have these human moments you know yeah for everyone make the job fun.
0: yeah i think we'll we'll miss him for sure and you know best of luck to wherever he goes whether that's within mls mexico i know i'll still be rooting for him again you know he's a big name in my household (laughs) so i mean he's a he's a great guy and everything so you know did did a good time with the club but obviously the galaxy and this is a result oriented business they they need to get wins they need to bounce back for 2024 and it was obviously I think everyone can agree the right decision to, to move on so yeah I mean I mean we did it Mike just talking about Chicharito I mean I feel like I enjoyed it kind of just reflecting back on the four years with him I think he's, he's definitely an interesting player when we're gonna look back at LA Galaxy history so I mean I hope you enjoyed this. I mean I'm gonna miss him from. I the had fun. because I mean, do know, we have to go, tough.
1: Alex? I mean, the little timer says we got like four minutes left, but I mean we we could hang all night. But eventually, you guys are gonna get kind of tired and you're going to go all right why are these guys talking about Che for for 40 minutes that's a little too long yeah we yeah for sure, here. for sure
0: so we'll let you guys uh get going um we'll have a next episode planned out once there's more la galaxy news obviously we're going to hear about uh, roster decisions uh pretty soon so we when that drops or anything else drops we'll definitely be back on it um obviously the off season makes it a little bit weird but nonetheless i think it's going to be uh, a lot of fun mike i mean we're gonna have a lot to talk about in the next two three months
1: Yeah, let's get those DP signings out of the way. Uh, We'll we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll do maybe like a transfer episode or something, maybe some targets that we think could help. I think that would be fun. Uh, So we'll, we'll do that as the podcast keeps rolling. And again, thanks for listening, guys. Take it easy, everybody.